بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على الأشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه إلى اليوم الدين أما بعد الحمد لله we had the opportunity to commence once more with the lessons on the Sunday afternoons yani referring or revolving around on nasiha advices to the women and alhamdulillah this is the final uh, hadith that I wish to go through in relation to these specific advices inshallah Insha'Allah Ta'ala, from the following week we will begin with something new with the permission of Allah, Allah Ta'ala A'lam. And so here we have the hadith of Amr ibn Shu'ayb and Abihi and Jiddi. Radiallahu anhu qal, qal Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. مروا أولادكم بالصلاة وهم أبناء السبع سنين وادربوهم عليها وهم أبناء عشر وفرقوا بينهم في المضاجع هذا حديث حسن رواه أبو داود بإسناد حسن and so this is the narration of عمر ابن شعيب on the front of his father on the front of his grandfather where he stated that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Command your children with the salah whilst they're at the age of seven. And then beat them, yani hit them, when they have reached the age of ten, right, if they do not pray. And separate between them within the living quarters. Yani, between the, the male and the female. Yani, awlad, children. This particular narration is found in the Sunan of Abi Dawood. And it's a, it's a Hassan narration. It's a Hassan narration. And this particular Isnad, as is mentioned. So the Isnad is Amr ibn Shu'ib. The Isnad is Amr ibn Shu'ib and Abihi and Jeddi. This particular Isnad... Is an isnad which is from the most well-known asanid for a hadith Hassan, and so almost generally, as you see, if you see a narration which mentions Amr ibn Shu'ib and Abihi and Jeddi, so it's narrated from Amr ibn Shu'ib, from his father, from his grandfather, then you know that this hadith, yani, generally will be a hadith which is Hassan. Likewise as well, there are particular narrations where if you see them, you know that this Isnad is from the best of the Asanid. And they're referred to as a Silsila Dhahabiyya, in the golden chains. Or the the Awthaq al-Asanid, the most trustworthy of the Asanid in the chains of narration. An example of those, one example of those would be if you find a chain and it mentions 
مالك يعني إمام مالك النافع عن ابن عمر مالك النافع عن ابن عمر this is from the most authentic train generation but here as we have this we have this chain of عمر ابن شعيب عن أبيه عن جده and so this narration here also has another narration which is the hadith narrated by Sabra ibn ibn Ma'bad al-Juhni radiallahu anhu which he stated that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Alimu sabih salah li sabi' sinin radribuhu alayha bi ibn ashra sinin and so this narration mentions that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi stated teach the child the salah whilst they are at the age of 7 and begin to beat to beat them and he hit them <coughs> once they reach the age of 10 and you hit them they leave the salah they don't pray and it's likewise this hadith is a hadith hasan and also is found in Sunan Tirmidhi it's found in Abu Dawood and Tirmidhi Tirmidhi mentions that the hadith is hasan so we have the two narrations that support one another the first narration and the second and this particular narration, we understand, is about commanding the child to pray once they reach the age of seven. And so, first and foremost, there's a point of, uh, or something to bring to attention. That when it comes to the child reaching the age of seven, no doubt this is hukum uh, shari. This is an Islamic ruling. And some errors that people make is that they will wait for the child to reach the age of seven in the Miladi calendar. So let's say, for example, the child is born on the 10th of May. Yeah, in the Miladi calendar, in the year uh, 2020. Then they'll wait for the year 2027, 10th of May 2027, in order for that child, or in order to begin commanding that child with the salah. However, what we understand is that this is a command once the child reaches the age of seven, hijriyan. So if the person, if the child is born in the month of the Luka'dah, then once it reaches that seventh Luka'dah, it's at that point you command the child to establish the salah. Thereafter, the narration also mentions that you hit the child once they reach the age of 10. And this hitting of the child, as mentioned by Sheikh Hufaymin, is ala tafrid fiha wa idaatiha ida balagu ashar sinin. So the child is hit if they become lax with the salah and negligent with the salah. Or if the child becomes not only negligent 
but they leave off the salah. And this is done once they reach the age of 10. وَلَكِنْ بِشَرْطِ أَنْ يُكُونُوا ذُوِي الْأَقْلِ However, with the condition, with the condition that the child has intellect. So with the condition that the child has sound intellect. So we're not going to say now that if, for example, the child's reached the age of 10, However, it's apparent that the child's intellect is not in line with their age. So, as which occurs and something that is prevalent. And the reality is, and Allah Ta'ala knows best, it becomes, it's become more and more prevalent in the times that we're living in. Where you may see that the mental age of an individual is less than yani, their actual age. And so this is something that, uh, that should be taken into consideration. Is that not just the person reached the age, but they have the mental capacity to understand. And they have the mental capacity to understand the importance of the salah. To understand that the salah is ibadah. To understand that the salah has to be performed in a particular way. Now, <clears throat> I saw the Shaykh goes to mention, فَإِن بَلَغُوا سَبَعُ سِنِينَ وَأَشْرَ سِنِينَ وَهُمْ لَا يَعْقِلُونَ يَعْنِي فِيهِمْ جُنُونَ فَإِنَّهُمْ لَا يُؤْمَرُونَ بِشَيْءٍ ولا يدربون على شيء لكن يمنعون من إفساد سواء في البيت أو خارج البيت. And so, what we understand from this, barakallahu fikum, is that once the child reaches seven, these are the two milestones which I mentioned within these two narrations, I seven and ten. And so, whilst the child reaches seven or they reach ten, if the the child does not possess yani sound intellect now so for example the child is seven years old but it's clear that they have the mental capacity of a child much younger then this will not be the case that you would command them with the salah likewise if the child is 10 years old however that which is apparent is that they are of a child they have the mental capacity of a child much younger then you would not beat them if they would not yeah, they perform the salah. Rather, what is done, <clears throat> what is done is that you ensure that they do not and you prevent them from performing actions which bring about harm in the salah. Naam, whether that be, or perform actions which are harmful yeah, to those within the home or outside of the home. And when it mentions that the child is hit at the age of 10, and the child is hit once they reach the age of 10, then we understand from this, the murad and the intent behind this is the darab is l-ta'adib, bilal darab. So the child is hit. Naam. However, it's done with a degree, for a degree of ta'deeb, yani for the intent of teaching the child. And, <coughs> and for a degree, and, meant, and it's meant for the purpose of disciplining the child. Disciplining the child upon the affair of 
the salah and its importance. As a point here, some of Ahlul Ilm, they mention some of the ahkam when it comes to yani ta'deeb al awlad the discipline in the children. That when a person, or if a person is to discipline the child, then they should not hit the child when disciplining them. The reason for that being is that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, only commanded with hitting the child when it came to tafrid for salah. If the person is negligent with the salah. I did not command the discipline of the child for anything lesser than that. And so, tafrid for salah, no doubt, or tarqus salah, leaving off the prayer, is an amr azim. Is an affair which is of great importance and carries much weight. However, if the individual or if the child now, for example, is beat upon every single transgression or is beat due to any form of transgression that they fall into, or any, any harmful act that they fall into, then this may harm the child's understanding of the hierarchy when it comes to nidhulub, evil actions. Because now if the child is hit, when, for example, they take something that they should not have taken, and then they're hit for speaking out of turn, and then they're hit when it comes to misbehaving generally with their siblings, for example. And then they're hit when it comes to having tafrit of the salah. Yeah, they be negligent of the salah. How is that child now meant to distinguish between the evils of all of these actions? And which action carries more evil, which no doubt is the tarqa salah, leaving of the salah. And so due to that, you find that this is a, some of the aqwal that, you, that are mentioned when it mentions the affair of the tarqa salah, leaving off the prayer. And as is mentioned, the intent is, a, is the intent of disciplining. So if the child is, is hit due to leaving off the prayer or being negligent with the prayer, this is for or with the intent of discipline. And so, what we understand from this is not that the child is beat to the extent that he's beat severely. The child beaten severely and it's a beating that leaves marks. A woman, what you find as well in the Sharia What you find in that which is legislated is that when it comes to يعني, any form of beating or if the person is whipped in, this, in the case of the Zani or the one that falsely accuses the Zani and any form of punishment or general punishments as such as these that are, are legislated and mentioned they're not mentioned 
and the hadaf, the goal and the intent is not to merely bring pain to the fa'il. The intent is not just to bring pain for that individual. Rather, it's an exercise in ta'deeb. It's an exercise in yani ta'deeb, in the discipline of an individual. And it's an exercise in some, in, in some scenarios. It's an exercise of ihana. It's an exercise of humbling a person. And so when it comes to, for example, the person is whipped due to some speech or taking the honour of an individual, then when the person is whipped, is whipped not to bring pain to the individual and to leave marks upon the skin and to cut the skin. Rather, the intent is to humble a person and discipline them in that regard. Whatever, you yani the beating of the child if they leave off the salah. Likewise, this is the case. That the child is beaten if they leave off the salah. It's not something which is done to bring out pain for that child or to exert pain upon that individual. And so, as is mentioned by Sheikh of Femin, he mentions, this is done and it's not done with tikrar. It's not repeated, repeatedly beat. The child's not repeatedly beaten in relation to that. However, it's done with a hajjah at a time of need. For example, a time of need would be if the child does not establish the salah, illa bidarb. So if the child does not establish the salah except when they are hit, except when they receive a form of beating, and this is when they establish the salah, then the child is beat in a manner that does not break the skin. And as we mentioned, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he commanded with the beating, not with the intent of causing pain, but with the intent of disciplining and straightening at the individual and what they've fallen into. Now, And so Sheikh Fibbing also mentions that some of the mutaakhirin, yani some, some of the scholars that have followed, or the mutaakhirin, like the, the more recent of the scholars, they mentioned that when it comes to the tarbiyah of, of, the, of the cigar, like cultivating the cigar, cultivating the youth, that they should not be beat within the madaris. They say that the children to not should not be in within the dars, within the schools. 
However, this narration is a proof against that due to the fact that it's mentioning that the manner in which they should be beaten. And that if a child, for example, leaves off the salah and they will not pray unless beaten, naam, then this is the manner in which you enforce the salah upon them. And so it's clear it was from the speech of the Shaykh as well. Rahimahullah. That this beating should not be the first port of call, as they say. Right, this beating should not be the first action. So, for example, the child doesn't pray and they've reached 10 or over the age of 10. Or you can see that they have a degree of laziness with the salah. However, what you find maybe from tajriba, from the you know, experience with them, is that if you encourage them a bit more, then they'll pray. However, and so this is the, in this scenario, it shouldn't be the, the first thing that a person resorts to is the hitting of the child. Because there's, there are means that a person can go to in order for that child to establish the salah. However, if it is the case that the child does not pray, naam, unless beaten, then this is the, the course of action we should take. And Sheikh of Amin also mentions Fayudrab Darban Yaliq Bihali. So he's beaten, the child is hit in a manner which is befitting to them and their hal, in their situation, their condition. Naam. And they do not do la yaf'al kama yaf'al ba'da mu'allimin fi zaman al-sabiq. Yadrab darbu al-azim al-mawajjah. And so what you find, they shouldn't do that which was done by some of the teachers in the past where they would beat the child with a severe beating. And these are stories that you hear that that child is beaten and he was severe, with a severe beating. And this no doubt, first and foremost, is mukhalif it opposes that which the Prophet commanded with and advised with. Secondly, it may cause the person, that child, to merely associate the ibadah, the great form of ibadah, which is the salah, with pain and beating and violence. And no doubt, establishing that link is, a, is a, a link which is harmful for us for such an individual. If they establish a link between the two, Allah Ta'ala knows best. And so, 
it's appointing the person to have a to have a balance in that regard. So they do not hit the child and beat the child to, to a severe beating to within an inch of their life, as they say. Nor do they have ihmal. Are they negligent when it comes to it? So when the child doesn't pray and they refuse to pray, they say, okay, next time. So they command the child to pray, dhuhr, and doesn't pray. So they'll say, okay, asr, I'll speak to him. Asr comes, doesn't speak to him. Maghrib, isha. And so it, it begins, it may begin with individual salawat. So it may begin with the individual salawat that the child doesn't pray and they say, I can't leave it to the next salah. I'll leave it to the next salah after that. Until those individual salawat become days. Until those days become weeks and months. And then before you know it, it's years with your child. Maybe they pray here and there, but you find that it's years and the child does not establish the salah kama yanbaghi. That the child does not establish the salah in a manner which is befitting. And this is why the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam commanded us with teaching this child how to pray from the age of seven. Teach the child how to pray from the age of seven. Reason for that being is that the child has to get used to the salah. In the case of the rijal, of the case of the men, the male children, that child will be praying, or his intent, the intent, the intent is that child prays five times a day, every day of his life. Illa lil-udhr, of course, except with a state where he has yeah, any uh, excuse, i.e. traveling and he combines, of course. But generally speaking, he's is understood that he'll be praying five times a day for the rest of his life. And so it's important that whilst the child is in the state, was at an age where he has, or where he's ready and he, and he is able to accept teachings and tarbiyah, then you teach that child the most important and the greatest form of ibadah after the shahadatain, which is the salah. And that's why you find as well, the fuqaha, the scholars of fiqh, they mention that when it comes to yani the salah, we do not state that from the condition of the salah is that the person has to be balik, or it has to have reached the age of puberty. Due to the fact that the Prophet ﷺ commanded us to command our children the salah at the age of seven. And so rather, when it comes to the salah, it's not puberty which is a condition, however, it is the affair of yani them being, they've reached the age of Tamiz, which is seven. And this is a distinction between the salah and other forms of ibadah. There's a clear distinction between the salah and other forms of ibadah. Yani that the salah should be established from this particular age. And it's not something that we should fall short in when it comes to the tarbiyah of our children. 
and it's something which should be upon the fathers and the mothers. The fathers as the leaders of the household and as the leaders of the household and as any leader, if you're a leader of the household or a leader of a nation, you should enjoy the good and forbid the evil. And it's upon the mothers as due to the, it's the mothers that are <clears throat> the forefront when it comes to the tarbiyah of the ulad. They are at the forefront when it comes to the cultivation of the children. So thus with that, upon them is to strive in establishing this affair, this affair upon their children. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. From the means, from the things that no doubt age you with that, of course, is the fact that us as parents, have to lead by example. We cannot be the ones that command our children with the salah. However, we have if to, uh, yeah, a degree of tafrit when it comes to our salah. You know, we're negligent with our salah. Whether that be the fact that we do not pray within its correct times. Or we do not pray at all. We the billah. Or for the rijah, the men, that they are negligent when it comes to establishing a salah in the jama'ah. Or it's apparent, it's clear from the manner in which a person prays that they're negligent in their prayer. They're not, that they're not clearly praying with yani they're clearly distracted in the salah. The children witness all of these things. And so then you cannot now say after that to the child, establish the prayer. Who know that we do not live upon as يعني, those that give tarawiyah, whether it be tarawiyah to our children or tarawiyah to anyone from the youth, nephews, nieces, grandchildren. We don't live upon the qa'idah, do as I say, not as I do. Qa'idah batil, essentially. Rather, we lead by example and we give da'wah to individuals. The forefront of those that, that should receive da'wah are our children, our families. And we give da'wah by way of that which we say, and we give da'wah to them by way of our actions as well. And so we should be from those that establish it in such a way. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. I will conclude with that. And then with that hadith, we conclude this particular uh, series of ahadith. And inshallah, as I mentioned at the beginning, we intend to begin with something new next week if Allah Ta'ala facilitates Wallahu a'lam jazakum la khaira wa barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu wa barakallahu nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi